If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Show. should you want to watch the program live or live or on demand. Today, it's uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for, for joining us. You know, so yesterday we had some... Um, impeachment talk. We had a Democrat presidential debate, and we're really shaping up here for uh, what is going to be, of course, a very, a very lively and entertaining uh, 2020 election uh, campaign and all of that. And of course, there's a lot at stake. I mean, there's a lot at stake. There's uh, really, when you get down to it, there's there's two competing ideas. Uh, that are on that are on the ballot, at least two that will be on the ballot. One of those uh, includes uh, government as the solution for everything, taxing people to the hilt, providing for their every need, doing so at the cost of the American taxpayer, dramatic uh, increases in government spending, dramatic increases in a deficit spending, the deficit over overall, right? Debt. And the other, look, and I'm I, I'm under no illusion here. The the government spending has uh, and and debt has increased with Trump as well. We've got we've got a problem on multiple fronts here. But the other the other idea, the other ideology, if you will, um, is restoring power to the people. I know that. Trump is painted as a dictatorial thug, as a maniacal, uh, top-down, you know, his way. Well, and there's a lot of uh, – there's some truth stylistically, right? Trump is a fighter, but it's, it's funny to me these elementary types of analogies and comparisons. What, what makes a dictator a dictator isn't that he or she is willing to fight for an idea – it's it's what he or she views as the limits on his or her power. It's how he or she views the average person in his or her country, whether they view that person as someone who's created in the image of God with the ability to the 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 ability the the desire uh, just built into them as being a human being. These these this yearning for freedom and opportunity, 
and to live the life that they were made to to live. And dictators think that they know better. Dictators think that their way is better and that people shouldn't be allowed to make some of these life decisions. And there's usually some very, I don't know, convoluted explanation whereby we see folks, um, I don't know, they, they're, they're given uh, this, this explanation that is complicated and difficult to follow. They're given, just like with this impeachment thing, I mean, you're supposed to follow this. You're supposed to, things, people who are guilty of crimes, I remember, again, sitting on, on the jury that I was on, I remember sitting through that and thinking, you know, there's, you you have to be able to logically follow this. That's kind of the, the whole premise of being tried uh, by a jury of your peers and and being able to, um, you know, reach a point of having, you know, eclipse the, the concept of reasonable doubt. And if you read and, and listen to these so-called slam dunks, right? Yesterday was supposedly a slam dunk for the Democrats and those who were wanting to see President Trump impeached. If you read through, I mean, you have to have lists, I've read some of these things. You've got to follow. You've got to follow the list, and you've got to make certain assumptions between what Trump was intending, his motivations, and all this sort of thing. And the truth is, the truth is that that's not really just kind of like Russian collusion. You, do, you don't come up with some massive conspiracy and plan, and then at the last step of the process, turn it over to the chance that the people are actually going to get to decide if they've been hoodwinked into your plan. That's not the way conspiracies work, and likewise, this is not the way to get to a quote-unquote guilty guilty verdict. Anyway, that doesn't stop the folks, nor will it stop them, nor will it stop them. You know, I've been comparing and contrasting this in my mind with the Benghazi episode for some time, right? We're told now... We're told now that all President Trump wanted, all President Trump wanted was an announcement from Ukraine from Zelensky during a CNN interview. How perfect is that, by the way? Trump was able, with his masterful plan, to get Zelensky onto CNN, and they were ready. They were ready to use CNN, to use CNN as an instrument, as an instrument to drop this bomb that Joe Biden was under investigation. Joe and Hunter Biden, Burisma Holdings, were under investigation in Ukraine. Of course, my first question is, what's the CNN audience going to think about that? That probably would have gotten edited out anyway. But nonetheless, they, this is the picture that we're being painted, that that's being p- painted for us. It was all set up, all ready to go. Zelensky was ready to do his part in helping Trump manipulate and steal the 2020 election on CNN, no doubt, on CNN. I've got a soundbite from Don Lemon I want to play here in a little bit. Did you know Don Don Lemon is completely objective? Don Lemon is not, as he tells us, a liberal Democrat. In fact, he's been confused. This might surprise you. This is what he said, I think it was last night, to Chris Cuomo, tough guy Chris Cuomo. No uh, no word if there were any jujitsu holds or uh, uppercuts thrown during this particular portion of the the dialogue, but but this whole 
Don, Don Lemon's been confused as being a conservative Republican. I don't know if you knew that or not. That's what he said. He had to make sure people knew he's not a conservative re- Republican. <clears throat> anyway, but CNN was supposedly going to be the place in which Zelensky was going to drop this bomb, and it was going to change the election as we knew it. Of course, it, again, it seems from a from a planning position, it seems strange to me to announce that when there's still other candidates that Democrats could pick, especially especially when other Democrats are surging. You could say Pete Buttigieg in certain, at least in Iowa and New Hampshire, is surging. He's still nationwide, not not the front runner, but things have have you know dramatically changed or changed to uh, some degree for him. According to polling, whatever you make from all this, um, you figure that they would have waited to drop that bombshell when it actually would have mattered, right? But nonetheless, they were going to do this, and and until the whistleblower came out and prevented this, and basically unmasked their plan, exposed their plan to the light of day. But I've been comparing and contrasting this with with Benghazi, and it's just remarkable to me because. Because you think about what happened in Benghazi. Remember, Benghazi happened, ironically, and totally unrelated, of course, on September 11th, 2012. By the way, that was a mere, what was it, about a little less than two months, two months away from the 2012 election when Mitt Romney was running against Barack Obama back in the 2012 election. And they immediately, right, they immediately sent Susan Rice out there. Susan Rice went in front of the cameras on all the major news networks and was out there saying that this was a spontaneous demonstration that just went awry. This was not in any way, shape, manner, or form uh, related to anything organized, anything that terrorists uh, were, were involved with because, after all, terrorism was over, right? Because terrorism ended. You may not have known this, but the Democrats wanted you to think terrorism was over in 2012 because they killed Osama bin Laden, SEAL Team, well, because they told everybody SEAL Team 6 uh, killed Osama bin Laden in May of 2011. So, of course, as the the mantra, as the narrative went, GM is alive and bin Laden died. That's what they said back in 2012. In fact, Joe Biden, just a couple of days before Benghazi, is on stage at the Democratic National Convention saying such a thing. Bin Laden died and GM's alive, and the crowd's just going wild. They love it, cheering, clapping, carrying on. Terrorism is dead. Terrorism can't be rearing its ugly head a few short days later, ironically, totally coincidentally, of course, no, this had nothing to do with anything planned. This had nothing to do with hatred for the United States because Obama went out and apologized to the world for America and all of her, all the things that she's done wrong over the course of of her existence. Obama's out there apologizing for that. Bin Laden is dead. Terrorism, ergo, should not be in existence. However, it was in existence, and of course, it always had been in existence. No, no amount of Obama apology was going to stop Benghazi from happening. No amount of, uh, you know, coverage of Democrat leaders saying that Bin Laden is dead is going to end terrorism. That's an important step. I don't want to minimize the death. Of Osama bin Laden. It is, we're dealing with something, uh, terrorism is largely symbolic. 
of course it's i don't mean there's a symbolic element of course it's it's got a real element as well which is when they're uh you know doing their deplorable wicked heinous reprehensible acts of of murder and torture and that sort of thing but there's also the symbolic component right they they wanted to fly into the world trade towers for of course massive uh, the massive effect of, of killing as many as possible, but also symbolically because these are these are towers of you know power. These are towers that were built by free markets and capitalism. They wanted to target the Pentagon, the Capitol building, the White House to symbolically show that they could hit America at these highly symbolic, important locations. And so it's a symbolic symbolic battle. I don't want to minimize or say that you know bin laden of course bin laden couldn't communicate freely that's why there were um, there was uh, couriers and that sort of thing so his role had changed as far as how effectively he was involved in the day-to-day operations of al-qaeda but there was still a very important aspect of taking him taking him down and that was that was a good thing but to say it into terrorism is silly and also to say those protests outside benghazi were spontaneous and we're not pre-planned and all this kind of stuff. And then you factor in all of the all the actual evidence. We're talking actual evidence now. Testimony of folks who said that they were prepared. They they were ready, right? They were they were first of all the folks at Benghazi were calling for help. Second of all, they had uh, folks that could get there within a relatively short time. Reports that they were sitting on basically the runway ready to go and we're not given permission to go all this stuff right the request for an f-16 or some fighter jet to come in fast and loud over the city was denied that could have happened relatively quickly but see, see acknowledging you know the, the need to do that would have hurt hurt the narrative in other words you could say you could say that it was politically beneficial politically beneficial to make sure that that message never got out. And it cost the lives of Americans. There's evidence to suggest all this. I don't care. You can throw numbers at me and say, well, there's been this many investigations. I, I don't even care about that stuff anymore. You know what I care about? I care about the reality that we're dealing with a corrupt bunch of individuals at multiple levels in Washington, D.C. And you put these two stories side by side, Benghazi and Ukraine, and you explain them. I can explain Ukraine in three minutes. It takes charts and diagrams and explanations and looking into the meaning of words and reading between the lines and understanding who's intimidating who. Of course, it's not hard to intimidate someone when they're afraid of virtually anybody who stands up and demands performance, as we found found out from Marie Ivanovich, who we can't. You can't criticize. That's another thing. You can't criticize a witness. Of course, this all turns out pretty helpful to the cause of those seeking impeachment. When you can't criticize a witness, you can't raise a question about something that they said or an action that they took or what have you. And then you look at the total lack of concern, the total lack of interest in the story of Benghazi. Just like the total lack of concern, the total lack of interest in the story of Biden's and Burisma holdings, right? They're ready to 
sweep that under the rug. There's no interest there. They'll tell you, you know, same sorts of things they said about Benghazi. This has been looked into. But what's interesting is it's not been looked into in the information shared with the American people, as has the issue with Ukraine, as has the issue with Russian collusion, right? In fact, there wasn't a Fox News. I'm not sure that the story of Benghazi outside of the blogosphere would have ever gotten out anywhere. But anyway, I'm really long in this segment. When we get back, I want to share a uh, soundbite from CNN. Don Lemon telling us that he's basically, I mean, this is an objective journalist. That's how he views himself, and that, of course, is how you should view him as well. I want to share that and talk about that and get to some other things here as the program unfolds. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. So we are – I mentioned before the break that I wanted to play this soundbite from, from Don Lemon, Don Lemon, CNN, talking between uh, – well, between his show moving over to Chris Cuomo, right? Chris, uh, Chris Cuomo, tough guy Chris Cuomo, has a show that comes on after uh, Don Lemon on CNN. And these are two of the most unbiased – just down the center of the road as fair, fair-minded individuals as could ever possibly exist in American media today. That's kind of what they want you to think. So this is an exchange. I want you to hear this. This is about, I don't know, a minute or so. This is Don Lemon. All right, so between the shows, what happens is Don Lemon's wrapping up his show. He's starting to pass it over to Chris Cuomo, tough guy Chris Cuomo, so that Chris Cuomo can... Uh, you know, do his little show on CNN there. And so they have this this kind of a passing of the baton. So they're kind of talking about the issues. He passes it over to Qu- uh, Chris Cuomo, and the tough guy takes it and runs with it from there, continuing the non uh, the incessant narrative on Trump, anti-Trump, all this kind of stuff, right? We just we hate Trump. He needs to be impeached and all this kind of stuff. So I want to hear – I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to how Don Lemon explains himself. I want you to listen to how Don Lemon tells us he's uh, not partisan. He's just, you know, he's not a liberal. He's not a liberal Democrat. In fact, as you'll find out from what he's about to tell you, he's been accused, believe it or not, he's been accused of being a conservative Republican. I don't know about you. The, the number of days that I have confused Don Lemon as a conservative Republican would equal a grand total of exactly zero. Zero. I didn't ever for a moment of my life think this guy shares the same vision for America that I do. I've never once in my life confused Don Lemon with someone who wants to see limited government, wants to see the protection of uh, certain unalienable rights, like, for example, say the, the Second Amendment. I've, I've never once confused him as an individual who believes these things because, candidly, the way he presents his <clears throat> very unbiased news reports, if you want to accept that nonsense, but the way that he presents this, it's not the least bit confusing about what this guy thinks ideologically. And newsflash, newsflash to Don Lemon, based upon what you're – saying the positions you're holding every single time that I've ever seen you, everything that I've ever read or 
any any clip that I've seen from your show, you are by definition, sir, a liberal Democrat. Embrace it. Love it. Fine. And you know, I don't even care if that you're a liberal Democrat, but what I what I care about and what I think is detrimental, more detrimental than that, well, liberal Democrat, li- liberalism, socialism now, which is what it's morphed into, is of course the most damaging ideological thing that we have in this country today. But on top of that, what's as equally damaging, maybe in a way more sinister, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure if I think that, possibly, that's possibly true, is this idea that you can take to the, the stage, take to your position behind the television camera, and maintain that you're objective. I don't even care if you, if, if you just tell us, look, I am a conservative Republican, I, I try to be as fair-minded as I know how to be, but I see the world through the lens of constitutional conservatism, through freedom, through liberty, through free markets. That's what I see the world through. I see it through that lens, right? That's how I view it. That's what I that, – that, that's – to me, this is the way, and there there's imperfections because we're dealing with imperfect people. But I do believe that this type of system, the type of society that our founders put in place is the closest thing – to how God expects us to live this side of heaven. Now, I'm not excusing people who abuse the law or do things that are illegal or you know abuse their powers or anything like that. That's individuals making decisions that are not that are not uh, that are not good. But the system itself is not to blame. It is the individual. It is the individual. So I come at the world with that lens, and I want to persuade others to that ideology. I do. In fact, we're working on some things, working on some things that uh, – some some courses, some online courses and some things that we're going to have to help equip, uh, equip conservatives to help persuade. Because one of the questions I'm commonly asked, very well, the mo- probably one of the most common questions I'm asked, if not the most common, is – what can I do? In, in other words, how can I stop the spread of liberalism and how can I promote and help the cause of constitutional conservatism, limited government, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, those sorts of things? And what that comes down to, ultimately what that comes down to is being able to persuade those people in in your circle. And so we've got some things that – some tools that I think, things that I've learned, um, some some ideas and principles, kind of a step by step process whereby you can you can methodically try to move someone in that in that direction. And there's some skills involved and some things that I've learned candidly through my other experiences in life that I think kind of uniquely position me in a, in a sense to be able to to help develop a way to to do that. But we're working on that. Is the point. But I don't come on here and tell you I'm I'm trying to just present information and, and let you decide for yourself. You ultimately can decide for yourself. You can choose to say I'm wrong. You can choose to disagree with what with what I'm saying. But my my intention is to persuade for constitutional conservatism. That's my that's my point. That is my that's my I guess ambition, my calling, whatever you want to say here. That's what I am trying to accomplish. That should not be what a journalist tries to accomplish. The journalist's objective, remove my objective of persuasion for constitutional values and replace that with giving people information so that they can make their own decisions. That's what a journalist should do. 
should not know, nor should it matter, the political ideology of the journalist, um, what they think about an issue. I shouldn't care in, ever, right? These guys want to w- walk both sides of the line. They want to tell you what to think about something while maintaining, quote-unquote, journalistic integrity. And that is nonsensical. And as I look at the clock, I'm going to have to wait and play this segment after this timeout. I apologize. Didn't expect to say a couple of things there that I got into. But I will play this soundbite with Don Lemon talking with Chris Chris Cuomo, tough guy Chris Cuomo, after the break. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. This program is brought to you by the good folks at Radon Environmental. Radon Environmental. Mike Brenneman, Radon Environmental, they can help detect a problem that may exist in your home, in your business. Especially, I say especially, but it could be for folks who don't have a basement as well, but especially for those who may have a, have a basement. Radon is an invisible, odorless gla- uh, gas and... It is uh, it's very bad on your health. In fact, it it kills. Uh, it can it can kill individuals. And so, Mike and his team can come in and test your home. It's not very expensive to have the test done. And if he detects radon, even the solution to mitigate it, to get it flowing uh, freely through the home and you know out of the house altogether, um, it's a lot less. Uh, it's it's not nearly as expensive as one might first think. Um, so Mike and his team can help with that. Um, I've gotten to know Mike a little bit and appreciate their support uh, for this program. And so why not be safe and ensure that the safety of your family is a priority, the safety of your business? Uh, give Mike and his team a call. You can call 317-843-0804 or visit Radon Pros Indiana. RadonProsIndiana.com. Be sure to tell them that Todd sent you. So I told you before the break, actually before the last break, I just didn't get to it, that I was going to play this soundbite. Don Lemon telling Chris Cuomo how moderate and fair-minded of a journalist he is, how he's not politically, he's, he's just a fair-minded guy there at CNN, as he's being told by Jeff Zucker to just cover impeachment, that's all he wants to talk about. We're not supposed to be bothered by that as well because that's not a story. The story is Trump, Ukraine, uh, quid pro quo, all this kind of stuff. So here's Don Lemon. I want you to listen to Don Lemon explain himself to Chris Cuomo. Tough guy, Chris Cuomo at CNN. Um, Look, there's been so much hypocrisy, especially on the Republican side. This is not a witch hunt. There's every, every person has corroborated what the whistleblower has said. Everyone knows, even the people who are defending the president, that what he did on that call was not perfect, that what he did was wrong. They're just trying to figure out a defense and how to twist themselves in knots to come up with something. I'm with The Daily Show on the Trump, I forget what they call it, where you get this, where you get this, they did the skit where you get the box of excuses every single day for Trump defenses. Uh, and it, it comes in the mail and said, oh, wait a minute, the president, no, the president was joking. Oh, no, he wasn't joking. So every single day there's a defense. So I have to disagree with you. I think on this one, 
The Republicans are on the wrong side of history, and they are the most hypocritical. I'm not a partisan. I know people think that I'm some liberal Democrat. I'm not. Or I'm some, they used to think I was a conservative Republican. I'm not. But I don't think that, I don't think the Republicans are serving themselves well right now with their defenses or lack thereof of a credible one. I got to move well, on. Look, and then tough guy, Chris Cuomo, chimes in with something there. But I want to listen. I actually want a segment. If Don Lemon, if you're listening, I want a segment. I want a segment where you go back in history and you show us the people who thought you were a conservative Republican. I want to hear from these folks. I want to hear from them. I want to hear what they're upset with you about. I want to hear how your ideology tainted your viewpoints right your ability to be an objective journalist i want to hear this i i want to hear this because this is can, candidly kind of funny to me to think that someone would think that you were a conservative republican by the way he can't even deliver the punchline here come on Don, get it together you got to get your story together about boxes and you know uh, excuses for trump lined up ready to go you just you missed the mark on that one man you got to do better you got to do better actually a better punchline you gave was when you we're talking about the missing uh, Malaysian flight that uh, you know you want you wondered on live TV if a black hole did in fact swallow up that that aircraft tragically. That's a tragic event, but who in the world black holes? I I was actually watching that live when he said that. I was actually watching that live. It was a tweet or some I don't know email question from a listener. Could the plane have vanished into a black hole and? At first, he kind of poo-pooed it, but then he decided to say, well, could it, could, it be, could it be a black hole? And I forget the person that was on there who said, well, if a black hole was this close to our planet Earth, uh, we would have been swallowed up a long time ago. So I think that we can safely assume that it wasn't a black hole. That, to me, was a better punchline than what you delivered here, Don, Don Lemon. But anyway, is it, are any of you confused that Don Lemon might be a constitutional conservative I mean, a, a, cons- a conservative Republican. It's really laughable if you th- stop and think about it. Actually, you don't have to stop and think about it. Just instinctively, you want to laugh when you think about that. When you think about anyone in the CNN lineup being being there to promote the cause of constitutional conservatism, to defend conservative Republicans. <laughs> I, I mean, really. Get, when they invite a conservative Republican on as a guest – which is rare because typically there's a panel of about 19 people. You've got 18 liberal, excuse me, 17 liberal Democrats. You've got one Republican who hates Trump, and then you've got one conservative Republican who's defending Trump. And the job of the other 18 is to basically attack the one Trump supporter. I've seen this happen even, I think, on Don's show, or Don's been up there with folks doing this. And I'm supposed to believe that this guy's confused. Confused as a conservative Republican. Too much for me to handle. Got to take a timeout. When we get back, I got something happen last night. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to share with you a story that is something that's honestly never happened to me before. And I think you'll find it interesting, maybe somewhat entertaining. And maybe if a liberal Democrat is listening out there, they will find that conservatives have a heart. Find that conservatives have a heart. Share this story when we return. You are, <laughs> it's fantastic. Listening to the Homo Conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute.
last night, last night I was uh, worked a little, worked a little later than than usual. My son, who is ten, ten and a half. I'm guessing that's what he would tell you. Ten. He may say ten, ten and a half. He went to an event uh, at church. Now he's what do they call it? The kind of approaching the middle school. I don't even know the the terms for these things anymore. The tweens or whatever they say. Is it a tween? Is that what it is? I don't know. I guess we're the tween. So he goes to some event at the church for, you know, kids his age and has a great time. He loves this sort of stuff. And I pick him up 745, which here in central Indiana, 745 looks like zero dark 30 outside. It's, there's, it's completely pitch black out. It's one of the things I don't like about the winter months. But nonetheless, we're headed home. And we live where we live is um, it's a it's a rural depending upon where you live. Like if you live in Montana, this is not rural, but this is a rural we're, we're outside of a outside of the suburb zone. So the suburbs and then there's some you know, there's this is a farming community historically there's a lot of farms just to the I mean literally just just across the street and down the road from us so to speak. It turns into open farmland really quickly here in our town. But we live down this this road where it's it's relatively hilly and there's it's it's pretty wooded. And so we're driving home last night down through the hills and hollers, so to speak. And I'm within probably a quarter mile of the house and I, my headlights catch something off the side, literally when I say off the side of the road, I mean like almost on the road. And at first what it looked like to me, and I knew this wasn't what it was, but it looked like, it looked like a, a groundhog. And I did a little like double take because of course you don't see a, there are groundhogs around this general vicinity, but not really here specifically and certainly not at night. And so when I did a double take, I noticed it was a, a barred owl right on the side of the road. And so my son and I are bird nerds. So I turned the, the car around. I said, you're not going to believe this. I just saw a barred owl. So I turn around in a driveway that's you know just right there, turn around. And by this time, the owl was in the middle of the road smack dab in the middle of the road barred out i don't know if you're familiar with barred owls it's probably i don't know maybe 16 inches tall i'm guessing just standing there and i'm thinking maybe it's you know found some roadkill or whatever but it's standing there and so i i stop and the thing i know conservatives were probably many people the left thinks that we would hit the gas pedal at that point i stopped the car the thing starts like hopping putting his wing out flapping it's not working jumps up into this yard area where there's some trees and he's he's standing there can't get away it's nighttime i'm thinking this little dude isn't gonna make it through the night there's other there's coyotes and who knows what else running around here this guy's in for a a rough night so we go home which is literally a quarter mile down the road i get on the phone i call i call a Indiana Raptor Center. Had to be told what that was. Indiana Raptor Center. Sorry, I just forgot the actual name. It's in a little bit south of here in in Brown County. And at first, I didn't get anyone. Left a message. They called back within like I don't know a minute or two. Spoke with uh, spoke with the representative there, and she told me that I could go back and get this bird. Now, this is both really interesting and cool to me, but also mildly terrifying because I am not trained. I don't know if you've ever seen the talons on an owl. 
those things, you don't want to be on the business side of that. And it's got a nice little little beak as well. These things are, I mean, they're, they're birds of prey. Nocturnal. So we're talking night as it is. So my son and I go back. She tells me to get a towel and a box and some gloves. And she's walking me through this. And I, I mean, I'm literally just kind of, you know, in a world where you have tags on hair dryers that say don't get in the shower with the hair dryer plugged in and turned on or don't get in with the shower with the hair dryer period just to make sure that's abundantly clear but there's tags on these things right your toaster there's tags on everything and they got a lot of information basically don't put this device in water i got this lady telling me to go pick up this bird so this is entertaining to me interesting to me we go back i can't find the bird I knew it couldn't have gotten far, so we get in the car, I start to pull out, and I shine my lights across this kind of, it's a wooded area, but it's not densely wooded, but there's, you know, there's, there's trees, and I can see some movement, so I go back, we get this bird. Now, before you freak out, before you freak out, this is, this is legal, there's a, actually a, um, what they call the Good Samaritan Law, I've got 24 hours, now if I, if I tell you about this tomorrow morning and I still have the bird, you can get me in trouble. But I'm not going to do that. In fact, we're going to connect with them today, take it to this bird rescue center. I don't know if it's got a broken wing. She thought it may have a concussion. This thing stayed in a box in the garage last night. So conservatives do have hearts, liberals. We have hearts, and uh, we're going to get this bird nursed back to health and probably get some pictures posted uh, maybe as the as the family takes it and delivers it today or what have you. But uh, I thought I would share that with you because these are the sorts of things that, that happen to me. Just if you ride around with me in a given day, this is the sort of thing that will happen. So it was kind of interesting and exciting, and it's good to know that uh, there's going to be one more owl in the, in the world after we saved this little guy last night. So son's looking for a name for it. He's got to name this thing. So if you got thoughts on that, you can let us know as well. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Telling the story about the owl reminds me, reminds me of, you remember when Bush uh, George W. Bush ran for president. He had a term that he came up with called compassionate conservatism. Compassionate conservatism, which honestly, I I wasn't a big fan of that, of course, because I hate any compassion, right? But no, just because conservatism is compassionate. It's at its core what it is. But for those who don't believe so, those that don't believe so, the idea of a conservative chasing down an owl <laughs> at night dropping a striped towel over the, the fella, gently, very gently placing him in a box, connecting the bird rescue. That is, those are things that don't compute for some people. Anyway, I've got to go, guys. Thanks for always, always for listening. Appreciate it. Good to have you here. SDG, we will see you tomorrow. Take care.